Hello, and thank you for listening. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. Yeah, fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry with another fine program. So it's the Selling on eBay radio show. You're very welcome. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith with you, uh, keeping you up to date on matters eBay. Sherry's a full-time eBay seller, has a big uh, consignment selling operation based out of Colorado. Part-time interests include taking care of small dogs and occasionally offering a fig leaf of respectability to CEOs, perhaps in a certain amount of PR trouble. Uh, that's If that's too tangential for you, you can always call in and uh, we'll explain it some other time. 833-EBAY-723 is the phone number. I'm going to have to call so you can explain that one to me. And Philip came over from over the pond, I can't even say it, to live in the swamps of Florida Indeed. where he hired a herd of peacocks to protect his fleet of cars that he, I'm sure, has driveways a, a lot of driveway space to store. And he now runs a networking room for the eBay, what do you call those, seller check-ins? Seller check-ins, yes. More on that yeah. later on. We've got one coming up in the near future. And he sells high-end stuff for business use and doesn't negotiate. That's me. And if that's uh, too cryptic for you and you want to find out exactly what we really do as opposed to what we say here, uh, you can check out our stores. Uh, they are linked on our website. That's sell, sell, sell dot online. Sell, sell, sell dot online. Also find our contact information, phone numbers, email, all that sort of stuff. We'd love to have you take part. Uh, a busy show this week. Sherry, what have we got coming up today? First, we have a late night fat finger problem. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, eBay, they keep saying they have our backs as sellers. Well, here's an occasion when that didn't work out. And how much do you bid on promoted listings? Is mm. it a good value for your money? We ask Mrs. Spendy and Mr. Miser. And guess who's going to play which of the two roles between us, huh? Okay. Yeah. And uh, we take a little bit of in, uh, a peek inside the eBay brainwashing department. More on that coming up later on. And we'll uh, take your calls. If you want to leave us a text message or a voicemail for our next show, you can do that. one uh, 833 eBay 723 That's uh, one 833 eBay 723 And, um, well, I don't know. It's been a busy week for you, Sherry. Um, uh, I guess you've got a lot of stuff coming up. You're going on vacation soon I understand so um, you're getting organized uh, for that right that I understand yes that's my whole focus this week is what do I have to do to make things work right mm -hmm. for my week-long trip to Mexico so I've got new Caleb I have two Caleb's working for me All um, right. I trained him this weekend on shipping this is my second Saturday spending shipping with him because he's very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. Did I mention that he's 14 and a half? Wow. He's amazing, but he is <laughs> his own, he's an entrepreneur. I, I yeah, I was gonna say he sounds like an entrepreneur him. in training. 
he is. I recruited him from across the street with his snowblower oh, and yes. asked what he would charge to do that at my house and then recruited him to work for me. So, uh, but it, it's taking a lot of focus because I have to remember I'm not going to be here. So I really have to think, have things systemized and things where they say they are. And there's a lot of uh, cogs in the wheel. And that's the challenge, I think, for any seller is that we all have our own secret way of doing things that we understand. Uh, but explaining to somebody else um, what exactly goes on and how that works, that's something of a challenge. So, um, and so you're having everything that you sell remain on sale, so you, they've got to understand everything, or are you going to take out certain things and stop those because they're just too complicated? Everything, because I'm greedy, mm. and I need the money, of course, and I just can't bear to stop business for a week. So... I am keeping everything up there. Of course, I'll be looking at nighttime, you know, in, in Mexico and adding notes for him and communicating with buyers. And then I have my friend flying from California to stay at my house in Colorado. Mm -hmm. She's also a crazy dog person <laughs> and she's going to stay at my house and take care of my two dogs. At home, she has four rescue dogs. Oh, wow. So she's uh, the perfect person. So mm -hmm. she's going to be here. But she's not an eBay also, person. She's not going to be She the is an eBay person. Oh, she is. Oh, great. But I don't want to put too much on her. I met her when she first took my eBay class, and mm -hmm. we've kept in touch Good. all these years. Um, but this is a vacation for her, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to kind of minimize it and uh, delegate as much as I can, because I don't want her doing shipping for 10 hours on Monday. Well, hopefully you'll get some time off. They won't be on the uh, the email and the FaceTime or whatever all the time, asking you too many questions. I've My experience of vacationing in Mexico is that I think finally uh, most of these resorts, if that's where you're staying, have Wi-Fi that almost works most of the time now, whereas that wasn't always the case. So it is much easier and less stressful than it was a few years back. At least that's my experience. Yeah. All right. Uh, something you might find amusing, Sherry, is um, my business is that I buy and sell. I buy low, I sell high, I buy a lot on eBay. And the whole buying on eBay is, is uh, we've wasted time on this before, but it's kind of a nightmare and a strange situation. And here's, here's something that just struck me as really odd. Um, and, and sometimes people come up with the weirdest names for their stores, and they probably think they're being so witty and so clever, but they're just doing themselves no favors whatsoever. And it's hard to say this piece without naming somebody or naming someone's store, so apologies if this is you. But there's a gentleman who I was thinking about buying something from, and his store name was Dustin Off Junk For You or something like that. Oh, that is clever. And he probably thought the Dustin Off the junk was probably the cleverest thing anyone's ever come up with. I don't know if his name is Dustin or not. It doesn't really matter. But it just it amazes me how many people reference junk in their store titles. And, you know, this is this guy was trying to sell a broadcast headset, would have been $400 plus new. And I just thought, I don't know, if it's junk to him, you know, do I really want to get involved in this? And I just decided not to bid in the end. And it was purely... Yeah just because of the name it just spooked me and you know 
I just I just despair sometimes at what people come up with. They just don't look at things from uh, a buyer's perspective. So I don't know whether you've seen any really uh, good or more likely bad um, store names. You could email them if you don't want to uh, put your name to it, or we can try and anonymize them a bit. We'd we'd, we'd love to hear a few of those. Uh, the email address is uh, at our website. That's sell 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 dot online. And uh, also, I think Shari's been working uh, overtime, burning the midnight oil, uh, trying to get everything organised for her upcoming vacation, but not with the necessarily uh, great results, right? Well, right. I've learned a very important lesson. When you wake up at 2.30 in the morning because you can't sleep, because you're trying to get organised mm -hmm. for your trip, don't pick up your phone and send out offers. I did that and thought, ha, huh, I just got... Mm -hmm. All that done, isn't that great? And then fell back asleep a little bit later. The next morning I look and I see that I sold a $600 item for $10. Okay, that hurts. Yeah, so I'm like, Did you honor the sale here. or did you humbly no. apologize, no? <laughs> I humbly apologize. Where's the line? How much would you eat in order to um, admit it was a mistake? Where's that line for you? How much negative feedback can I handle? Uh, I mean, I, I do have 100% positive, by okay, the way, okay, as I say yeah. this. Mm -hmm. Actually, I do think it got ratcheted down to 99.9%. Uh, that's another topic. But yes. I, that was just a buyer who left negative feedback before even talking to me. Mm -hmm. And of course, I took care of him. But anyway, with this $10 item, I said, I realized mm -hmm. that when... I sent the offers in bulk at 10% off. Mm -hmm. And it's not a fat finger problem for me. It's a blind problem. I didn't put my glasses on uh. because it was the middle of the night and I really can't read anymore without them. So I could see well enough to see that I put a 10 in there. And in bulk, I sent 10% off. But for one, I wanted to send them... Um, 10% off and allow a counter offer. So I did that too, you know, in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that when I sent the individual one, it did it as a dollar amount because the last time I sent an individual one, I sent it for a dollar amount. And mm -hmm. it's not a dollar amount off when you do that. You're sending them the price that you'll right. agree to. And apparently I sent $10 instead of 10 off or 10% off. So anyway, I told her I was so sorry. And that's what I told her what happened. And I'm really sorry. And um, so how would she feel about me canceling the sale? I did say that. And she said, I figured, but I had to try. And I, I said, yeah. well, thank you so much for understanding. I really appreciated that she was a kind person. I, I always found that if you just apologize, you explain it's an error, you're not trying to rip anybody off, you're not reneging on the deal, it's just you made a mistake. I, I think most people understand that. And I think if you did attract some negative feedback, I think eBay would be sympathetic as well. Um, but yeah, it happens. And we've all done it uh, in various, various forms, committed to things that we've... I don't know where the line is in terms of what I... W I mean, I certainly would eat a few percent if I made a mistake and yeah, charged a little bit, but yeah, I, I, when it comes to hundreds of dollars now, I think I would, um, I, I'd be very apologetic, but I'd be firm that I couldn't, couldn't go ahead with that. Yeah, um, I can take that one on the chin. Another thing that I noticed this week, and I think this is eBay being a bit sneaky. Um, I had a return request 
And I haven't had a, uh, one in quite a while. And, and by the way, don't these things always come in threes? So there's probably two more around the corner. Um, and, it, you know, you get the usual letter, oh, someone wants to return something and it's covered by the eBay money-back guarantee. And I thought, is it really? Because I must have sent this out quite a while back. Let me check. Because the eBay money-back guarantee is 30 days from receipt, as I remember it. Um, and no, it's, it's closer to 40-something days. But the letter from eBay says, oh, you need to handle this. It's covered by the eBay money-back guarantee. Well, it's not. It's at my discretion. And I found this before that it's often important if you're selling on eBay and you get one of these requests, just double-check that you are actually obligated to accept it. Oftentimes, you're not because it's timed out, quite often. But eBay will try and sneak it through um, as if it, if it was wow. covered. Um, and... You can certainly, you're certainly within your rights to say, I, I decline the return. Or I think another approach is to say, well, look, on through the eBay system, I decline the return because I don't see why I should pay the return shipping on something that's out of warranty. But continue to discuss it with the buyer directly and maybe have them pay for the return cost or something as a sort of a middle ground position. That's perfectly okay in my view. Now, I guess if we cast our minds back to the last proper in-person eBay open, didn't someone from customer service stand up and say that there was going to be automatic protection if you said no to a return request where you were in your rights not to, not to have to accept it? You'd be automatically covered against negative feedback? I'm pretty sure that was announced, but I've never seen that formalized on the site, it might have rippled through into kind of the unofficial policy. And as we've talked before, there's lots of sort of slightly gray area policies where they'll do things to look after a seller that aren't necessarily broadcast to the world. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably take it. I'm just thinking about it. But um, I'll probably do what's right for the customer. But it's just, I thought it was a sneaky approach to try and pretend that was, I, I had to take it back. And uh, I didn't. Yeah, that's weird. Um, that they went outside the 30 days. Is that what they did? Yeah, it was like 40-something. I, I, I said to the guy, what's the story? Did it work for a while? Did it quit on you? I mean, because if it worked for a while, then quit. That tells me maybe he's over-stressing over it or something. That's one thing. Or oftentimes, <laughs> I'm the worst example. The stuff will sit in boxes for months and weeks after it, it, it turns up here and I won't get around to testing it. And, you know, I can't, I can't blame somebody else for, for when I don't do that myself. I do try nowadays, and part of my sort of New Year's resolution to try not to have so much stuff lying around is to actually try and process incoming stuff a bit quicker and make sure at least I test things so I'm not exposing Stuck myself to stuff that, you know, should be returned, but I can't anymore. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've got uh, tax planning and tax season coming up. That's presumably uh, on your horizon as well. Oh, I finally uh, stopped avoiding sending the, my accountant my tax stuff. They sent uh -huh. me the email because I do use QuickBooks, so it's through Intuit. And then it has a questionnaire and you can oh, okay. upload your documents. It's really right. nice and organized. Uh -huh. um, and I finally did it Monday evening and it felt really good. I'm a little nervous because I, you know, I got the $10,000 grant. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I'm a little concerned about how much I'm going to owe in taxes. Um, well, you wouldn't so be even, you, presumably the 2000 that you get for training and stuff, that doesn't count as income, does it? 
I mean, the they cash, just did the a cash, lump sure $10,000. Did they send you a 1099 for that? Yes. Uh, I did get a 1099 8,000 or 10,000? 8,000, I don't 10, know. 10,000. On the 1099? I did, yes. Wow. But it was $10,000, by the way, that they gave Oh, they cash. put 10,000. I thought it was 8,000 cash and 2,000 worth of the other stuff we've been talking about and we'll probably keep mm. talking about. Oh, it's 10,000 actual cash. 10,000 cash oh. money. Well, now I'm interested because that's better, better than the advertised. It is better. Promoted the, uh, the thing. I should, have, I should have put more time into that. It is. And okay. you know what? Mm. You know how we did the application, everyone who applied, did the application through Hello Alice? Yes. Well, Hello Alice keeps sending me opportunities for grants. I, mean, I don't know, yes. think I'll get another one, but this I one was for women. I think they get a percentage women. of whatever gets given away. They seem to be very keen to... Oh, to give money I don't away. Mind. That's I don't a, mind a having nice them on my have, side. I suppose, in the scheme of things. Yeah. So this other one was for a women-owned uh, business. So um, I applied for that. I'm feeling lucky. Uh-huh. Very good. <laughs> Another well, let us know how you get on. This could be a regular feature, Sherry's Grant of the Week. Um, and we'll have, uh, actually, by the way, uh, proper eBay news in just a minute. But uh, one last thing on the sort of what we did this week uh, segment is, uh, and Sherry, you're an, somewhat of an expert on this. Uh, these eBay, well, I, I said brainwashing. That's a bit, bit harsh. Um, <laughs> but eBay is in a hiring boom right now. I think the last beginning of the year, they're like 300 senior producty type jobs being advertised just in the US alone. So there's a whole sort of machine that kicks in on the back end of this to take these new hires and uh, teach them about eBay. And eBay has uh, a few sellers that quite often get asked to present or be part of a panel or something for, what is it, half an hour or so, just so mm -hmm. the new employees can get some perspective from from sellers, and I know you've done this a few times, in, both in person and yes. online. You must have put a good word in for me because they've started to uh, at least involve me on the online level. And I think it's very interesting. Oh, it's a privilege. I, I mean, it's kind of slightly off the main topic here because I don't think that many people probably will get the chance to take part in that. But it is interesting, and they are, I think now... I mean, the whole cyber-stalking thing kind of, I think, shocked them a bit, the, their culture... People obviously sat by and saw things going on that should not have happened. And if we're talking about something that you don't know about, then if you just Google eBay cyberstalking, I promise there'll be lots of reading material for you offline in your spare time. But obviously that, I think, was a shock to the system. And now in these new employee sessions, from the snippets of content that you get to see before you're sort of wheeled in to do your piece, there's lots of stuff about how everybody's opinion's important. There's, there's, you know, new people should not be ignored. Your voice is as important as anybody else's. If you see something you don't think is a right, you speak up and all this sort of stuff. So I was trying to think, well, how, what, what would I like, what thought would I leave these folks with based upon the session that they've just had? And, you know, my thinking is, eBay, the people at eBay are really good. They are very smart. They know what they're doing. They know their particular area of the business, and they're very decent people. But yeah. something strange happens when they go into a meeting room with a whiteboard. Stuff comes out that you think, well, who signed off on that? And how many people thought that was a great idea? I mean, for example, collecting um, commission sales, final value fee on tax taxes collected. I mean, it yeah. just... It just is going to cause them more problems than if they simply did it another way. I'm not saying they can't get their fees. They just did it in a way 
that just it's going to cause them friction and aggravation for years to come. And they must have sat in a room and said, okay, let's let's do this. And some must there must have been people there who thought, okay, this is a really dumb idea, but did they speak up or were they not listened to or they were voted down or they weren't senior enough? I don't know. It seems to me a dysfunctional decision. So, you know, my message to these folks was, please, 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 from the point of view of, of the sellers whose business and livelihoods and families depend on this platform and your success, if you see something that you know from your personal experience or your relationship with sellers is not the right thing to do. Please, we, we can't attend those meetings. You're there as our representative. Please use this course as an empowerment to put your hand up and say what you, what's on your mind or represent us because letting these things just go past and just go through, I don't think it's the right result for anybody. Anyway. Oh, uh, that was good. That's my sort of... I think, and then I also wish her on usually about how the fees are too high, just because you can't uh-huh. say that enough times, right? They, they, they've got to learn that one as well. Yeah, good for uh, you. But I also You're make the good... point. I mean, the, the point I think is that, that they're going into a, an organisation which has got used to quite high levels of fees now and ratcheting them up, and I, and I suspect they're probably not going to, you know, stop that process. And it's getting easier. And I can tell them, you know, as a seller now, it's much, much easier to start up a second channel than it ever was in the past. There's lots of people out there, you know, the list perfectly. People are busy pushing out the sellers. We can make this, we can automate that for you. The big commerce, the Shopify's all have third parties that will handle it all for you. And if eBay's, what, the highest fee is like 13% in some categories? Well, 13.3 when it goes up. And Shopify starts at mm, 2.9 and goes down from there. So you've got a 10 plus percent differential. Okay, it's not apples to apples comparison. But the point I'm trying to make to them is that this this is starting to become quite a, quite a wide gap. And in their new careers with eBay, they're going to have to navigate that and figure out where the value is. And I just uh, as a seller, I can't speak for everybody, I think it's got to the point where you are starting to force people out of the business and, and to go elsewhere. And once they start doing that, they don't come back. They Once you start a second channel, if it works for you, you're not going to shut that down. So, so. you told them that? Yeah, those are, those are the two points you. that I try and uh, uh, I think kind of fits to what they're doing there. I mean, if they yeah, invite me back, you never great. know. Maybe, maybe that's not what they want to hear and I'll never be used again. I don't know. <laughs> but they had you back more than once, right? I've done, I mean, they've had you back. Yes, yes. There I did, I did uh, getting totally off topic, I have realized that with these meetings sometimes that are geared for internal folk within eBay, they have a super, super, super secure log on system where they can all get into their calls but the likes of you and me can't i think you had the same thing with your buddy andrea you were trying to get into the call with her and i learned previously on one of these they call it becoming ebay um that it's very hard to get in and if you're not careful you end up being an audio only um so i managed to solve that by means of testing log ons well ahead of time and telling them it didn't work oh Good for uh, you. But there we go. Anyway, so that was uh, that was the fun of my week. All right, we'll get on with the uh, the eBay real news, such as it is, uh, in just a minute. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sellsellsell.online that's www.sellsellsell.online. 
Thank you for being part of the show. And uh, you're welcome to comment. Just give us your feedback. Is this a useful show? We took stuff you like or you hate. Uh, we'll take that in and uh, do our best to accommodate as many views as, as we get. So thank you very much in advance for doing that. Uh, in the news this week, well, I don't know whether you've noticed there's some stuff happening in Ukraine lately. Um, mm-hmm. Might have seen that on your telly. Um, I don't suppose many of us have too many um, order books problems with Ukraine, but there might be impacts from all this stuff that's close to the home, right? Yes. And first of all, I have been glued to the news and to the radio because my heart is just breaking Mm -hmm. um, for the poor people in Ukraine. I'm really impressed with Poland and the amazing people there who are bringing people into their homes. And even the government of Poland either is going to or did uh, give uh, uh, their Polish people money for having people in their home, the Ukrainian refugees, um, just as, um, I don't know, a bonus, but I just Mm -hmm. feel like they're all, anyway, I know I'm way off track because I'm just totally obsessed with this and really upset about it. But as I was listening and uh, listening to the money talks and gas prices going up as a result, well, also diesel is skyrocketing, mm. and they mentioned fuel surcharges f- that truckers will charge um, due to that. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because I know that FedEx and I'm sure UPS charge fuel charge surcharges, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I think it's something we can count on seeing that go up, and maybe quite a bit. So the impact for us is going to be um, that shipping expenses are going to going to go way up. Yeah, and, then, and I think that's something to be wary of if you're like me, do free shipping, because yeah. that will come back and bite you in terms of extra cost that you didn't kind of factor in when you figured out the selling price. So it's worth just keeping an eye on what those rates are. Um, you can pull the transaction report from the seller hub in eBay. And it will have a column that shows you what you've been charged um, for shipping by eBay uh, labels if you use that. It doesn't break out um, like the full FedEx invoice, how much is, say, the the base transport, residential surcharge, fuel surcharge, signature. It just gives you a, a one single number. But it'll give you some idea kind of how much that's costing overall and whether that's something that you need to take into account uh, next time you, you check out your pricing. So Yeah, um, and you know what? Mm-hmm. I have, when I do a listing, if it weighs more than three pounds, then I put FedEx or UPS ground as Mm -hmm. the first option because I charge for shipping and I use calculated. And when I go to ship it, if sometimes FedEx is like five or $10 more than UPS, Mm -hmm. and sometimes UPS is more than FedEx, I actually use them interchangeably. Mm -hmm. I haven't Mm -hmm. had a buyer upset about that. Yeah. I'm I, not, I found that uh, to you be, know, because they're the same yeah, service. I, I think they're interchangeable. And I would also quite often, if I said FedEx on the listing and I send it priority, I'm usually okay. I don't right. have a problem doing that because it's not, well. You bumped you know, them up. USPS you gave them an upgrade. A bit, bit of a crapshoot. But in theory, it would be, you could say, well, the, the quoted delivery date was at, was probably a day earlier. So right. I, I figured that was at least a neutral, maybe an upgrade. Whereas the reality I do that too. Be a, but yeah, because... What you really want is the system to figure out, based upon where the buyer is, whether they're a business or a residence and all this other stuff, 
what the best option is. But you have to, at the time that you place the listing, say what's going to be the number one choice because that's the way it's going to rank in search when they search on price of the item plus shipping. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a bit of a messy system, but that's just the way it works. But I agree. I and it, UPS seems to have got a lot more competitive on eBay. I think they might have walked away from the residential surcharge thing. I think maybe they have the edge on maybe residential. Maybe that's what it is. And I think FedEx still does the residential surcharge. I had one today, and it was UPS was a bit cheaper. Um, but I don't have a UPS pickup, so I'd have to drive it somewhere, and that kind oh, of wipes out the difference. Yeah. Um, and also, um, parcels select ground or whatever the cheapest basic parcel services is in the new world order at USPS quite a bit more uh, price competitive, I found recently. Really? I, now, I just stopped looking at that because it was mm -hmm. so expensive. But I'll um, look at it. But have a look. I don't, it's one of those services in theory you can't get through e shipping, but there's one that's similar, but you can. But for sort of. Um, Heavier items, maybe not huge, where time is not a problem, it can be, you know, can be a good deal. I'm getting a lot of um, in my web store, quite a lot of people selecting that. Um, just seems to come up as the cheapest option, and I take that is as a, a license then to pick any other service that I that I think I can get a better better date from and, and upgrade it at my expense because I don't really like the speed of it. But mm -hmm. and I don't mind subsidising shipping a little bit here and there if, if it makes for is a better purchase. Is it slower than FedEx and UPS? Yes. Yeah. Oh. It's 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 sort of heading into media mail territory in my experience. Oh man. But it's That's it's terrible. it's totally ground based. So uh it's their truck network. It's probably the lowest priority on the on the pallets. Probably they they fill up the empty trucks <laughs> with whatever's lying around in the parcel select hopper and and send that out the door. So I mean I, I it, for example it it was I had someone order something to go to Alaska. And FedEx is hugely expensive to Alaska. Priority mail is oh, pretty yeah. pretty pricey, and the parcel select was probably half the price of priority. Yeah, they had to wait three plus weeks because wow. it took, took a good two and a bit weeks to go from Washington State to to Alaska. The last the last sort of leg, um, uh -huh. but it was much much more cost effective. So I I. I kind of eyeball everything when it comes in and try and figure out the best the best arrangement for both me and the buyer. All right. Uh, just on the other thing in the eBay news this week, it's kind of a quieter week uh, on, on the eBay news front, I would say. Uh, something of interest, maybe you have a, a background in product management or sales support, something like that. Did you ever fancy working for eBay? Well, they've advertised a job uh, called for a senior product manager, so it probably pays you know decent amount of money, uh, and it's the buyer experience team. Well, who better <laughs> to join them than someone that's been out there on the platform working it every day for I don't know. I guess we've all been here a few years, um, and uh, so if you've got a bit of a background in say a commercial development, and it says here you must have a proven understanding of eBay's business model from a buyer and seller's perspective. I think most of us probably could 
say yes to that. I mean, you know, I would like to see more more seller. It kind of in line what we were talking about earlier. I'd like to see more seller understanding amongst the eBay folk. And I think that hiring perhaps people that are old sweats, shall we say, from the world of actually running and using the platform rather than these whiz kid programmers they tend to hire would be a great addition to their diversity and would be, I, I think, you know, a, a service to your fellow sellers. So uh, if you want to um, find out more about that, uh, you can search for that on the, the eBay site. That's uh, jobs.ebayinc.com. Or if you uh, contact us through our website, I could just send you the link, I suppose. Uh, that's sell, sell, sell online. All right, coming up in a minute, uh, we will um, give you the results of our little study on how much should you pay uh, for uh, eBay's promoted listings. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online So Sherry and I thought we would compare notes on what we do with eBay's promoted listing products. So this is when you bid a certain percentage of the selling price to eBay, and in return for that, they will put your listing, um, they will display your listing in certain key spots on the page. I think one is number two on the search results, there's another one a bit further down, I can't remember exactly where it is. But you get more exposure, and the idea is your stuff sells faster, certainly. Um, and you can decide how much you want to offer eBay to do that. I don't think they necessarily collect the full amount it's kind of an auction system, so um, maybe you could end up with exposure without really burning the full amount that you're bidding. Um, and the idea is that you get you get faster sales. That's that's the gist of it. And you only pay when something you sell goes through this system. So if someone clicks on one of these promoted listing links, if they subsequently make a purchase anytime in the next thirty days after that click, you get charged uh, a percentage. Um, according to how competitive that spot was at the time. Is that how it works? Yes, I think so. Okay, something like that anyway, whatever. <laughs> it's confusing right. to us. What do we know? I'm, I'm sorry, my mouth is still open from okay, you're still thir within 30 days oh, okay. after looking at the listing. That seems kind of generous. but um, I think that's... Um, I think you're right, though. I think that's Google-ish in its, its design. Okay. Anyway, uh, anyway so look, uh, we have two characters, uh, Mr. Thrifty and Mrs. Spendy. You can guess, who uh, I am. guess guess who's who amongst our te vast team of uh, presenters here, and <laughs> because like many things, we have totally diverse ways of doing things, uh, and, and we don't agree on anything. Um, I thought <laughs> you might find it interesting to hear how we get on with our respective approaches, and maybe that might guide you in in maybe what you would want to do, or some things you just want to experiment with and see how you get on. So let's start with me. Uh, I'm Mister Thrifty. I'll uh, admit to that. Now. I'm not a huge fan of paying anything more than I have to. Um, I, therefore, I think there's some benefit to promoted listings, but the minimum bid, I think, is 1% of the price, and I typically have all my stuff set to that, or 1.1 maybe, something like that. Because what I found was I tried it higher than that, 
And every time I sold an expensive item, and some of my stuff is sort of into thousands, I would with dread pull up the promoted listing sales report and just hope, just hope beyond all hope, this item was not bought through <laughs> promoted listings because that would be a, a, a whole chunk of money I didn't then feel that was good value the way I'd spent it. So I thought, well, this is just tearing me apart. I can't do this. I'm okay with 1%. I can, I can, I can, leave, I can lose that and not, not be too upset. So that kind of, it wasn't a great deal of analysis. It was just, I just got tired of worrying about it. So I, I kind of set everything to about 1%. And here's what I get in the last month on average. If you look at my organic impressions and my paid listing impressions, uh, the 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 paid impressions are about two point three times higher. So that's quite a lot more impressions for not a lot of extra spend. And those extra impressions result in about forty percent more clicks than I would have otherwise, which I think is not too bad for the amount of money I'm spending. Yeah, and impressive. I end up if someone clicks according to this report, and we'll very. Uh, if you have a expertise in this area, please identify yourself, and we'll happily share the data <laughs> with you. You can you can take a look at this and, and see whether I'm making making the right conclusions. Um, the The conversion rate is about one point three. So if they click, there's about a um, a one point three percent chance they'll actually buy it, which is not actually too bad in the world of e-commerce. I don't think. So yeah. I'm getting forty percent more clicks for one point one percent. Mrs. Spendy over there. Uh, now, how do you set your percentage? You have like an algorithm, right? Well, I'm using eBay's algorithm, so uh-huh. I opted in to them automatically setting the rate, and I tell mm-hmm. them how much above or below the average rate that they've calculated for my category for the day. So I put mine at 0.1% higher than what they deem as the average for that day. And so every day eBay recalculates it for me. Mm-hmm. Now, that results, at least in the survey period we looked at, at about mm-hmm. 7.4% was effectively the bid rate averaged across all yeah. the all the items in our sample here. So your impression rate for the extra spend, mine was 2.3, yours was 4.4 times higher. So you're getting, you're spending more, but you're getting more impressions. What I right. thought was interesting was that on the click count, and arguably clicks is probably more useful to us than impressions, it raises right. you by 30%. Uh, but you do slightly you better on the conversion 40. rate. Yeah. Now, that doesn't, before you say, well, 1% is obviously clearly a better deal than 7.4%, we operate in totally different categories. So it's yes. it's an apples to oranges comparison. And I mean, I deal with a lot of industrial stuff. And the people I tend to sell against, frankly, are not probably into this sort of consumer type promotional thing. So I can get away, I think, with bidding a lot less and still coming up in those spots. Whereas Sharon, you're you dealing with competition, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Is that right so, or no? I think so, at least in terms of this approach. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Um, so anyway, I, I wouldn't try and get too much into the direct comparisons, but it definitely seems to me that despite the fact that we operate in totally different segments with different levels of competition, um, yes, you give eBay a higher number, you will get more impressions. What I'm not convinced about is that necessarily impressions increase equals clicks increase in the same proportion. Um, and 
I think as eBay thrashes away harder, trying to push your impressions, they're probably moving away from your target market um, because you've given them so much money to spend, they're just throwing it all over the place. And <laughs> therefore, yes, you're getting people, you're appearing on people's screens, but they're not necessarily clicking on you. So I think the clicking thing perhaps is something you want to tra test out and for different levels of spend, see whether you can uh, figure out the sweet spot in terms of how many clicks you get. Um, because I think the conversion rate for clicks is probably going to be more or less consistent. Yeah, crazy, because my conversion rate was 1.6 and yours was 1.3. So mm -hmm. that's almost the same. I would be interested to know when you go to use the uh, promoted listing tool, hmm. what it says to you, what it quotes as the average rate for your category. Oh. I'd be interested oh, to know high. where. I wouldn't even oh, really? I, don't, I haven't looked in a while, but I said I'm not paying. I'm just curious what it is, yeah, but it I'm is high? At, I'll, I'll, I'll look, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's in that sort of 7, 8 level, I think. Oh, well, that makes this even but more But doesn't mean to say that everybody pays it. There could be like one person who's crazy in oh, that category okay. who's bidding 15% and everyone else doesn't bid at all. And so I, you, don't know, okay. you don't know quite how these numbers are arrived at. And they're probably only setting these numbers at like the second level down. So in my case, if I'm selling something audio, it would musical instruments, pro audio, and then they're averaging everything in pro audio. Well, that's, that's guitars and basses and signal processors and all sorts of things in that category, all of which are very different marketplaces with different commission levels and competitive levels and all sorts of stuff. So I don't know. It, it, I think experimentation is the way forward. That's the, I think mm -hmm. the conclusion we reached on this. Um, I mean, my feeling is that the stuff that you list is going to sell eventually. I mean, the offer's right. The price is the price. All you're doing is giving a little bit more visibility. So I don't think you can say you get a higher price, at least not now people are familiar with the promoted listings, the way it worked. Initially, I think it suckered people in that didn't know quite what was going on. But I, I think we've gone past that period now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess the question is that if, let's say you have a marketing budget of seven point something percent, is it the best strategy to plonk all that on promoted listings? Or would you find that you could dial that back, still get quite an uplifting clicks, which is what you care about, have a little of the piggy bank left over that you could then go out and do some offers to, to people, you know, heavy browsers or people that have it on their watch list, and rather than give eBay the money, give it to the buyer. Maybe that would trigger something. Mm -hmm. So it's all interesting I'm stuff. I'm going to have to try to lower my rate and then we can do another comparison. You could, you could, yeah. I mean, you could try just just dialing it right back and just give it a month or two and just see what happens and, and see whether the click levels really drop that much or or maybe they don't. Yeah, that should be interesting. Okay, all right. Well, I, I hope that's been some inform some use. Uh, we are obviously very different in the way that we run our businesses, so I think comparing the two is a bit of a red herring. But I think it's interesting that. Maybe high bidding is not necessarily, at least there's enough thought here that maybe high bidding is not the sweet spot. Yeah. But we'll do some tests and, and we'll share that as we go forward and, and uh, keep you updated on that one. Um, also, Sherry, you, you sent me something during the week, which was about um, the dimensions of boxes and whether the dimensions are the inside or the outside and all this sort of stuff. Um, and the USPS boxes 
uh, I think that the headline dimensions are the inside. Yes. So the the exterior is a bit bigger than the stated size, and that's more right. of a problem for the seller, not for the for the buyer. Yeah. So the seven by seven by six USPS box. I just I was shipping out so many of these little ceramic wee forest mm-hmm. folk is what they're called, All right. and. Um, so I was using those boxes one after the other, and I decided to measure it. I was just putting seven by seven by six, and then I measured it, and it's seven and an eighth or a quarter. I, I it's more than seven slightly, and it's more in every direction. So I realize that the external dimension—that's what we need to put on eBay. And a long time ago, or you know, a few years ago when I took something to FedEx and Mm -hmm. this was a recumbent bike Mm. and I packed it, I made a box and on one part of one dimension, it was just a fraction over a certain measurement that pushed it past. I think the limit for shipping and what pushes it to require freight is 170 inches length plus girth. I think Mm -hmm. it is. And whatever it was, it pushed it past it. And um, FedEx just really put, you know, into me, drove home the point that if it is the slightest fraction, a 16th of an inch more, Mm -hmm. they always round up. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I'm riding so close to that line, that matters. Another example is a a metal fire truck um, that exceeded 130 inches length plus girth by Mm -hmm. just the slightest Mm -hmm. fraction in one direction. And FedEx charged me an extra $100 surcharge. That's the oversized too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though I had put the dimensions to where it was exactly 130 inches. Anyway, I I do have to say in FedEx's um, honor that they did waive that. They refunded me that extra $100. Mm But the 45 minutes on the phone to their billing department, that's, that's, you don't get that back. Yeah, With, that's right. And I was like pretty emotional about it. Yes. So <laughs> Been there um, I that. have to say, yeah, I gave them my best shot there. Um, so I've always learned, like, for example, with their 21 inch, you know, surcharge, if it's what, 21 inches or more than that. Mm-hmm. So when it's more, if it's a fraction over 20 inches, they round up to 21. Right. Well, my right? system is I don't play too risky with those dimensions that trigger you into the sort of the oversized category. I've got okay. one item that I know is oversized two and it was 90 extra and now it's 100 and something. I don't know. It's a lot. And yeah, yeah they're going to apply that and good luck trying to appeal that if indeed right. it qualifies. But in the day to day sending of stuff, I certainly, certainly in the case of USPS, because in, in the old days, when you went to the post office, and a few people still do for reasons that I just don't understand, they take that tape measure thing out, and they kind of put it from corner to corner and take that measurement, double that, and then they take the tape measure and measure the other direction. And therefore, they effectively use fractions of an inch on the two shorter dimensions and of whole hmm. inches on the longer one. That was the old way of doing it. Oh, now they say you're supposed to take each in measurement individually and round that up. 
personally with with USPS I have been known to round down a little bit here and there yeah or certainly if I if 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 one's a bit high and one's a bit low on the sort of going around the edge thing I'll probably average them out you know maybe I'll round one up and round one down because that's what they used to do that's and what I'd like to do with when I send out on my own USPS account um, these days the USPS knows from the label who you are and they do back bill you if you if you try and sneak something through that that was underpaid you get and right. I get a statement every now and again from the the e-commerce people saying oh you've been either refunded by USPS and that happens or you've been surcharged and I don't think I've seen a case where the dimensions have been called into question and I've really? been surcharged now I don't push it very far I mean it's a quarter and a half here and there but obviously they have some automated measurement system but my guess is you can it's like all these things you can you can dial up accuracy and it probably there's a, there's a sweet spot for them where they don't try and chase every last eighth of an inch because it probably creates a whole bunch of hassle for them. Hmm. So the, I think a certain amount of latitude might even slide. I, I don't know. This is not a not a guarantee for you. You, if you want to experiment and let us know how you get on, that would be great. Uh, but in my experience, I've not had that. Now FedEx is a law unto themselves anyway. I mean, there's yeah. very little mathematical relationship between what they quote and what you get charged, either on eBay or on your own account. Um, but I haven't seen any obvious, oh my goodness, I did wasn't expecting that. And I'm working on a tool to kind of try and do this automatically and actually check it. Um, but I don't know. I can't really say with confidence what their system is. And but, they're going to start having a surcharge at USPS, what, in April or July? I can't gosh, remember. It's coming up soon, within a month. If certainly. you put April the 3rd, wrong maybe? dimensions... What yes. is it, like a $3.50 yes. surcharge? I, I don't know if that applies to the people that have electronic postage with, a, with an account they can back bill. Because, you see, a lot of people use these things for returns, and it's, you never know quite how the person's going to pack a return. Yeah. And it would be very unfair to penalize someone who uses a paid label for returns because it didn't quite match the label because someone put a whole bunch of newspaper in there, whatever they do when they pack things up. So I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out. Obviously, the first time I get surcharged, I'll be on here you'll telling you all know. about it. You'll, you'll know about it. And then we'll figure out the strategy for going to war with USPS. But right now, I think it's a certain amount of latitude. I wouldn't push it too far. But, um, yeah, I, I've been on the round down here and there. But that's all just right. me. Don't take crazy. that as a gospel of truth, but there we are. Someone also, I think, posted while we're on the USPS subject, and I don't know where this came from there was i think it was the, the discussion boards on ebay someone said gospel truth gospel truth usps is now imposing a limit on how many scans the postman will do when they pick up your packages and the limit is five and maybe they were trying to persuade people to use the scan sheet system or what and mm -hmm. i just mm, i don't believe it myself Obviously, if you know better than than us, then please do do share it. Uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. The the site is sell 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 dot online. You can you can email us with any experience you have, but I just don't believe that because effectively you're nullifying the whole insurance aspects of, of priority mail. All those boxes they've printed up saying tracked and insured. If they don't scan it, it's not tracked. It's not insured. So they're putting a lot of effort to trying to compete with other people. 
I think this is, if it is a thing, it's some local post person, some jobs worth somewhere that oh, says, I oh, I want to send a message or I don't think I've got enough people, I need more staff, whatever it is. And yeah. nothing ticks me off more than being, you know, cannon fodder in a, in a, in a I was going to try, try and clean this up a broadcast, a contest between uh, uh, employees and executives in a corporation. So um, <clears throat> I think that's what's going on. But I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't run into that. Um, they seem pretty good here, but I keep a pretty tight eye on things. Um, so I don't believe that's a policy. But, hey, someone's, someone thought it was the truth. So I'm just reporting to you what they've said with some disbelief on my part. Do you believe it? No. I actually what I do believe is what you just mentioned that it's an individual you know maybe a postal worker who complained to the person, you know, or yeah. try to change yeah. the way they're doing yeah. things. Sounds I don't a think it's career limiting if it was uh got out, but there we are. Yeah. I would be marching down the post office if they did that to me, saying, okay, here's a piece of paper that says we in this post office will not scan more than five items. Can you put your name and signature on that, please? And uh, I'll take care of it. And it'll be going to some senior vice president operations, Southeast region, USPS. I'd find someone that's senior, but is not sort of on the main website where they get tons of complaints every day. And those people typically yeah. take these things very seriously because they don't get many people writing directly. Yeah, and that's smart. It, and though that's the level I think to go at with these things, and and I, I think the uh, the postal person concerned would get a call very shortly after that, and I think you find the problem would go away fairly swiftly, but mm -hmm. you never know. All right, and uh, this another thing here, Sherry, uh, image search. We talked about it may have disappeared or temporarily, perhaps from the eBay app. I don't use the eBay app. I haven't. I can't tell you what the status on that is. Have you tried it at all, or? Well, it's not on the eBay app. Oh, I double checked. Okay. Uh, it did used to be, so it's just gone. Um, and actually, I didn't really have success with that mm. on the app. But I have had some success recently with Google image search um, because, as you know, I sell everything under the sun except stuff I don't want to deal with. <laughs> And so, of course, I come across things that I just, it's hard to identify. One was um, some antique Japanese dishes, and they were red and had butterflies, and they looked pretty impressive. Anyway, um, a Google image search did find something similar, and actually, I forgot to have it in front of me so I could tell you some of the keywords. Um, one of them was Arita, and I can't remember the other one, but mm. it really helped me to give it the right keywords. And um, I broke up the dish set into three for shipping mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. it, it already took me 45 minutes each set to mm. pack them when they sold, but each set sold for about $150. Ooh, so. Yeah, it was worth something. And then another client, one of my absolute favorites who sends me amazing things, also sent me some fashion jewelry, which is something I don't sell for anyone but her now. I've learned my lesson. And um, it didn't, it wasn't signed, so I didn't know the name and I did the Google image search and found it and found the oh, name okay. mm -hmm. for this whole group of her jewelry. And 
they sold very well. And a person who bought a lot of it said, oh my gosh, I can't find this, any of this anywhere. So that made it more valuable. And that's why I wasn't able to find it on eBay. So even though Google image search most times comes up with things that are totally unrelated, occasionally it finds your exact obscure item. Mm -hmm. So it's worth a try. Good. When you and don't if, know what something yeah, is. I mean, if you have any thoughts as to how you use things like either the eBay image search or Google image search, all those kind of tools uh, to help uh, your selling business, you want to share that with us, we'd uh, love to hear from you. You can uh, give us a call. Uh, lines are open, as they one, say. 1833 eBay 723. That's 1833 Excellent. And uh, we're moving on now to, uh, I guess, the final uh, final hurdle here, and that is what's coming up in the world of eBay this week. If you're a loyal listener, you may get this program uh, before we do the eBay seller check-in meeting that's coming up shortly. Um, they're toying with uh, some different formats on this. This particular one, they've decided they're going to go with regional breakout networking rooms front and back of the the event itself. I think they're trying to recruit people to fill in some of the states that are missing. That's their stated objective. Um, laudable objective. I'm not sure it's going to do anything other than that highlight the fact there's gaps. Uh, but they're, they're, we'll see what they do. But I, the rumblings are that that will shift for quarter two onwards to be a topical stroke sort of functional base. So you'll be able to talk about collectibles or photography or consignment selling or whatever in different rooms, which I think probably will get a bit more traction. Um, anyway, so that's that. Um, they're also starting, I think, now to finalize their thinking on what's going to be happening in eBay Open, and that's happening in September. We think three days virtual event, probably similar to last time, but I think there'll be more well, they're briefing us, there'll be a little bit more seller involvement, so maybe more seller-hosted breakout rooms, maybe more seller presentations. Uh, we'll wait and see. So that should be good. And um, also uh, coming up uh, in the program next time, uh, we'll perhaps talk about uh, Jamie, the CEO of eBay, and what he's been saying about uh, sellers that he does and doesn't want on the platform. And let's go on strike. Uh, Philip gave me that line. She has that's no clue so what we're talking me. about. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk about that. Maybe it's time for sellers to revolt. You never know. And that's about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Uh, thank you very much for your time. And I hope uh, that you'll uh, interact with us during the week. Uh, you can find out all about us and do that at sell, sell, sell. Dot online. So this is Philip Jackson saying thank you very much for your time. See you next week. And Sherry Smith saying, have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>